Justice 5 News, presented by Kroll and Warren. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Yuan Zhou, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. We'll start with an update about the Office of Federal Contracts compliance programs and a new directive. The OFCCP has issued for public comment a new proposed directive to encourage the use of and establish policies and procedures relating to functional affirmative action programs. The FAAP program allows covered federal contractors and subcontractors to organize their programs according to functional business units rather than by physical establishments. Under both the prior directive and the new proposed directive, contractors have the flexibility to combine the use of FAAPs and establishment-based AAPs if the OFCCP grants approval for that structure. The recently published proposed directive would implement several revisions to existing FAAP guidance, including the following. At least once per year, contractors must notify OFCCP whether there have been any changes to the primary corporate contact and management official of each functional unit, the proposed directive removes the restriction requiring that the OFCCP use the submitted information only for purposes of considering the application. Unlike the existing directive, the proposed directive does not require the functional unit to operate autonomously. This is a meaningful and useful change for contractors considering this FAAP option. Under the proposed directive, contractors must provide updated information on a contract of 150000 or more if it is party to one, whereas the existing directive only requires contractors to provide information on a contract of $50,000 or more. With that, I'll turn it over to Yuan to talk about a DOJ settlement. On June 14th, the DOJ announced a settlement with Kellogg Brown and Root Services and three other companies for over $13 million to resolve violations of the False Claims Act and the Anti-Kickback Act. Now, under the Log Cap 3 contract, KBR provided logistic support for U.S. Army forces in Iraq. And under that prime contract, KBR awarded subcontracts to two subcontractors. The government alleged that between 2002 and 2005, certain KBR employees responsible for awarding those subcontracts rigged the bidding process in favor of those subcontractors, and to reward that favorable treatment, principal officers from the subcontractors paid kickbacks to those KBR employees. During performance, the subcontractors then charged the U.S. Army inflated prices and fraudulently extended those subcontracts. And another KBR employee also allegedly rigged the bidding process for another subcontract for cleaning services. Now, this settlement resolved more than seven years of litigation that was ongoing in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Texas and other pending claims and issues. Back to you, Peter. Great. Thanks so much, Yuan. Now, a False Claims Act update. On June 21st, the Supreme Court granted cert in a case called Polanski versus Executive Health Resources which addresses the government's authority to dismiss a relator's key TAM action under the False Claims Act. In Polanski, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit held the government must intervene in FCA suits before moving to dismiss, and that where responsive pleadings have been filed, a court has wide discretion to permit or deny the government's exercise of dismissal authority. 
the Third Circuit's decision cemented two different circuit splits. First, between the Third, Second, Sixth, and Seventh Circuits, which require the government to intervene before moving for dismissal of an FCA suit, and the D.C. Circuit, the Ninth Circuit, and the Tenth Circuit, which do not require the government to intervene before moving for dismissal. There's also a three-way split among circuits regarding the standard of review a court must apply when determining whether the government can dismiss a KETAM suit over a relator's objection. The Third and Seventh Circuits apply Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 41B standard. The D.C. Circuit considers the government's dismissal authority to be unfettered, and the Ninth Circuit applies a rational relation test. So the Supreme Court's grant of cert will likely resolve a number of these circuit splits and certainly something that FCA practitioners on both the plaintiff side and the defense side and the government will be watching closely. Now I'll turn it over to Yuan for one more update. One more update on proposed legislation. On June 9th, Senator Warren and Representative Garamendi jointly introduced the Stop Price Gouging the Military Act, which proposes a number of changes to current acquisition laws. For example, the proposed bill would revise the Truth and Negotiation Act to require military contractors to provide the government with pricing information should the government receive less than two responsive and responsible offerors. The proposed bill also seeks to revise the definition of the term commercial products and services to tie commerciality determinations to whether a product or service is actually sold to customers. To enhance public oversight, large defense contractors would also be required to share any changes in the volume of goods or services sold, changes in price averages and gross margins, all of which would be made publicly available one year after contractors report this data to the government. Contractors that don't provide such disclosures could face penalties, including reporting to the contractor responsibility databases, imprisonment, fines of up to $200,000, or suspension and debarment. The bill has been referred to the Committee on Armed Services and is certainly something to watch closely if it gains momentum in Congress. Back to you, Peter. Great, and we will close out for this edition. This has been the Fastest Five Minutes, brought to you by Kroll and Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have any questions about these items, I can be reached at 202-624-2807, and Yuan can be reached at 202-624-2666. Thank you for joining. The Fastest Five Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll and Mori LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast.